You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. The stages of dating and relationships are very exciting, very layered, and very complex. We could talk for hours about each stage and the positives and the negatives that come with them, which is exactly what we've been doing the last handful of years on this podcast. But what are the most important steps within the stages of dating and relationships and the path that you are on? If we break down the journey from being single to finding your match we could identify some key steps that seem to bring about the most questions and the most confusion. Was there a time when you were dating or in a relationship where you felt stuck or an issue that paralyzed you when it came to what to do to get out of it? I'll tell you, I had one. Yeah. Um, And actually our guest today helped us through it. Um, When Daniel and I were having a rough patch a few, I don't know, however many months ago, um, I, I didn't know you know, is this something that's like a deal breaker? Is this something that is just one of those harder things you need to work through? Because I think when you're, I think older and maybe study dating and relationships or even have a therapist, you tend to question things more because you become a little bit more analytical and introspective. And you also want to approach things the right way. So you're not just going to like drive right through a problem and get to the other side. You want to get you know, figure it all out. So with that came like a lot of research and stuff. And finally, obviously, um, got through the issue, but I think, uh, doing a lot of research into the problem. And if it was a common problem was something that we found comfort in because then it didn't feel like we're the only ones dealing with this particular problem. Um, I know I'm speaking very vaguely about it, but it was like, we dealt a lot with like, communication styles and our problems from the past surfacing and triggering each other and things like that. So I think those are pretty common. So social media helped actually. And finding finding out that there, your issue is common is actually helpful because then you kind of know, okay, this happens a lot to people and it probably can be worked through. But like I was talking to somebody about our podcast the other day or yesterday, and I was talking about, you know, um, just different dating relationshipy problems stuff that everybody goes through. You know, when I pitch this podcast to people, they're like, Oh yeah, I can relate to that. I want to listen, you know? And, um, but then we, it's just like, everybody's so different. So when you try to put the resolution for some, for a problem that people are going through in like a, like in a, just in a box, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes walking and breathing doesn't work. You know what I mean? Sometimes people spiral more than other people. Sometimes people handle their issues more than other people. Like, you know what? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. It's not like these answers are not just like going to work for everybody, but you can definitely 
um, you know, cater them to you if, if you get to know yourself. And a lot of experts we have on the show will say, like, you need to start with yourself first to know, like, okay, I'm the type of person who's going to ruminate a little more about this. So I need to work on that. And then I can inject this advice to help navigate through this issue that's common that a lot of people have safety and numbers too. Like everyone else is doing this. Okay. I'm not crazy. You know? (laughs) Exactly. Well, whether you're looking to get in or out of a relationship, we have the perfect person to coach you through, at least in my opinion, because it worked in some ways for me. We're excited to have Jillian Tarecki, a certified relationship coach and fellow podcaster in to discuss what to do if you're single and looking for love, how to approach finding love better than you ever have, and what to do if you're stuck in a relationship that is going nowhere fast. Under the tutelage of none other than Tony Robbins himself and world-renowned family therapist Chloe Medanes, Jillian is certified by the Robbins Medanes Center for Strategic Intervention a renowned coaching program known for its innovative strategic solutions to the most difficult relationship problems. Fueled by an insatiable curiosity about what makes a relationship thrive, Jillian has helped thousands through her teaching and writing revolutionize their relationships with themselves so that they can transform their relationships with others. Jillian is sought out for her compassionate, direct, and very authentic style of coaching and teaching. From dating singles to couples that might be on the outs, she's here to help us get in and out of relationships. Welcome to the show, Jillian. Hello. Thanks for having me. We are beyond excited to have you. Um, You are one of the most renowned experts, and you're going to help us and our listeners discuss how to get through some of the common issues that arise in the dating and relationships journey that we are all, us specifically, are all on. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Okay. And before, Jillian, we break down these wonderful um, topics that we cannot wait to dive into, we ask everyone that comes on the show their relationship status. So are you single in a relationship or it's complicated? <laughs> well, it definitely wouldn't be complicated because I refuse to be in anything complicated. Um, so All that's right. that. Uh, I Currently, I'm single. Well, there you go. Yeah. We're calling it, we've decided on this show that we're not calling it single anymore, which I love because it it makes it seem like we're not in a couple and that's bad. So we're calling it solo now. We're solo. solo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't associate anything negative with being single at all. So no. I mean, Neither do we. yeah, yeah. I, I'm very, I'm, I'm very happy with or without a person in my life. So that's where I'm at too. That's, you and I are on the same page. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a, it's a, that's what I ha- like to help people reach that stage. Because it takes trials and tribulations to get to a point where you realize being single is good, rather than having some just having something in your life, if it's bringing baggage or or you know turbulence mm. or, or you know, unhappiness, right? So why have that just to be with somebody? Yeah, I I certainly don't believe in remaining in a relationship because of fear. And that's or or remaining in a relationship because of the being so married to the ship part, like the 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 constitution behind it, you know, the institute, not the constitution. Sorry, I didn't have enough coffee today, but the institution behind it, you know, so that's right. Maybe it'll be a constitution. Maybe it should. Exactly. Freudian slip. Um, I'm actually, I'm watching 1883 right now and I get why people oh, were in a relationship back then. Yeah. You needed 
the other person. And like women are losing their husbands left and right and throwing themselves at the next available man for protection. Yeah. You need it. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think, I think romantic relationships are very important. I mean, there's, uh, I think it was a huge Harvard study. If you're in a solid relationship and by solid, I mean that you feel safe in it, even if you go through trials and tribulations, which you will through a long-term relationship. But if it's a solid relationship, it's very good for your longevity and it's very good for your health. And so I, I'm a believer in relationship. I really am, but I don't believe in suffering until you find one. Mm -hmm. And I also think that there are some people depending on the stage of life that they're in single really suits them. So everyone is different. Um, but I don't think, I, I don't think that we should undermine the, the, the value of being in a romantic relationship, but it's certainly, I'd much rather be alone than be in something complicated. I'd do much you think rather, that yeah, sorry. Do you think that there, there's a point where like, um, because I've had people, cause I've been single for a long time now. I want to say like, I broke up with my ex-girlfriend the day before COVID started. Uh So like I've been, and being in, yeah. And that's a long time, but I always say little asterisks next to it. COVID kept us all apart from people. The wow wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't responding to how long it was. I was responding more of the timing of it. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was perfect. We're like, uh, we're kind of fighting right now. Uh, Maybe we we shouldn't quarantine together. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good time to do this. Yeah. So, but you know, then people are like, well, are you just getting used to being single? Now are you getting into a dangerous place where it's like you're so used to being single that like That's what the happens. next person that comes in better have a fucking stellar resume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that you're kind of like being overly cautious and picky about who you live. That, that is that's where I was. Yeah, that's a that's a very common thing. Um people get very used to uh, doing what they want to do when they want to do it, you know, uh, it can be totally selfish and you don't have to compromise. And yeah, but I don't know if that's a happy state. Mm. I don't know. If that's I, a, I, just, I should say a fulfilling state. I don't know. Well, well I just, to, to answer that, I just literally am getting a puppy next week to kind of ease myself into having responsibility and having to think about something other than myself. And it's a big responsibility having a dog. It it is a a big responsibility. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jillian, don't you think speaking of like single versus it being in a relationship that like, it's also okay. And maybe even good to say ideal to be at a stage where like, like where you explained you're at, Uh, you're single right now and you're really happy, but you can also be, looking for a partnership at the same time, just because you're single and looking for partnership and you don't have it doesn't mean that you're unhappy. You can be thriving as a single man or woman and also wanting to be in a relationship. And that's kind of an ideal space to be in, correct? Absolutely. I think that those two states can have to coexist. You can be fulfilled where you are and also long for a relationship because there's something that are a romantic relationship is going to add to your life. I mean, it just is. I mean, you're going to get things out of that you can't give to yourself. And that's the bottom line. But you can still be happy on your own and also want a relationship. And and I couldn't agree with you more. And that is where you kind of want to be. Again, yeah. to suffer until you find one is not a good state to be in. I think it's complicated when you are a woman of a certain age and you want to have children. 
that's a very real thing, right? As you know. So I think that that becomes complicated, but the way that I like to reframe it is all the more reason then to get very serious about who you allow into your life and also serious about getting clear about what's really good for you in your life rather than just adhering to this long list of qualifications that a person must pass in order to even have a date with you. You know, that's not a good idea either. So how then would you suggest somebody start on that um, path? Because, you know, we all come from our baggage and our experience. And in my case, I was single for a really long time. Um, and had a list and had things yeah. that people had to pass in order to yeah. get there. Yeah. And was getting the yeah. Granted, I felt I worked on myself in yes. conjunction with that. But if let's say somebody is not yet in therapy or they just got out of a relationship and they're looking for the next one and, and there are steps that they should probably take before getting into them. What are those, what does that look like? Well, first of all, I want to say is that I, I don't believe that everyone needs to be in therapy. So I don't think that mm. if you're trying to figure yourself out, that means that you have to be in therapy. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a lone shark in many ways when it comes to that, but I, I don't, I've seen many people in therapy and it doesn't do anything. And I've seen maybe, many people be in therapy and it does a lot. So maybe I think to reframe therapy is to have some sort of mentor where you're, where you have someone who is that you are in some sort of relationship with, not romantic, where you're actually working on yourself, whether that is a meditation teacher, whether that's a coach, whether that's a therapist, whether that's you know someone, a mindset coach, whatever it is, I really do believe that everyone needs that. I'm very cautious of people who don't ever go that route, but it doesn't have to be the traditional, I have a shrink route. So I'll just say that. Um, I think the first thing, it so, the first thing is just to get real with oneself about what it is that you really need in a relationship. So overall, it, it, it people need to prioritize a few things when it comes to being, when it comes to looking for a partner. Number one, you have to feel like you are, that you can be yourself with this person. Like that is just, that has to be a criteria that everyone needs to adopt. Like they need to feel like they can be themselves with you. And you need to feel like you can be yourselves with them. If the two right. of you judgment, can, judgment's got to go. Judgment but, of any kind has got to go. I totally agree with that. But I have a question for people listening. They might be like, oh my God. Because you know that first couple stages when you're like in getting into the relationship and everyone's on their best behavior. Yes. Like that's okay, right? But then when do you start to like, how do you not get confused about like, not being authentic, but being on your best behavior. Okay. What do you guys call it? The it girl? What did you say this? I think the sex in the city thing or cool girl, cool girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm like, I think I've, I have said that. I don't know. Okay. So first of all, <clears throat> people, I hate to break it to you, but you got to be a little, like it takes time to get to know someone. Yeah. So, you know, like, yes, there's some immediate things to watch out for in the first week of getting to know someone or two weeks. One of them would be like, you don't feel safe when you're around them. You don't feel good when you're around them. But the full acceptance and, and you know, how they are with their family and all of that and getting to know, you know, how they react to conflict that takes some time. And that's why I say, you know, don't run to the altar like so quickly. Don't, you know, 
there's the, there's the early dating. Then there's like the stage of relationship where you're monogamous and you are committed. But then there's the stage of relationship that's more committed, which is like, we're thinking about maybe moving in together. We're thinking about really take, maybe having a child together. We're thinking about getting married. So at each stage, you have to kind of evaluate. And I would not be having a child with anyone who you don't feel like you can really be yourself no. with. Yeah. Would you would you say that today's dating culture, because I know I say this all the time and the listeners are like, shut up, you say it every time. But like, you know, I'm not on any dating apps whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Jen was Lauren, I think, was got married before they really got popular. No, I, I was on them, but I didn't find my husband on them, but I wasn't opposed to them. They didn't really work for me though. Right. Right. Yeah. Got it. But I've never I've never been on one. Right. So do you think today's dating culture kind of thins out the whole process? Do you know like for so for example, for yourself, are you a I date one person at a time and see how it goes and really focus on that relationship until it's it doesn't suit me anymore or I figure out it's not for me? Or are you a Monday dater, Wednesday, Thursday, mm -hmm. Sunday hiker? Do you know what I mean? Are you because asking me personally or what I suggest? I'm asking you personally and then what you suggest. I'm not a serial <laughs> dater like at all. That's just yeah. not my thing. I think I dated two people at the same time when I was like 22 years old and I almost had a meltdown because of it. That's what I said. <laughs> I said it verbatim. I dated two girls at once. I'm not the fucking bachelor here. I can't go I, kissing I was like, That's just like, it just was too, I mean, it was like thrilling for like a minute. And then I was like, I can't do it. And then um, one person was like, uh, so what do you want to go on to do this and this? And I'm like, oh, I feel guilty. I just kissed somebody else last night. Like I can't do it. It's, again, it's exciting. And, and and you also feel terrible. No. I, so I think everyone is different. Um, but uh, so I'm not quite, can you repeat the question? I'm like, what am I answering right yeah. now? Yeah. So are you a, like, do you feel like today's culture has kind of thinned out the focus on like what it is you want and like, actually getting to know somebody on a, like really, like you said, because you have to like take that time and get to know somebody and really see if they're good for you. You need patience. Do you think the patience is thinned out? Well, or do you I think, I think that humanity has been thinned out, especially when it comes to dating apps. And I find that to be very um, concerning. I think that people are more, I think it's an ego trip. How many people are reaching out to me? How many people are swiping on me? How many people are sending me whatever? I, I've never personally been on a dating app in my life, but I, I, coach several people who are. Um, so I, I think that it's an ego trip. I think that there's also with sort of the younger generation, this idea of hookup culture. I think that you have to be very, very careful if you're on the apps. And I think you have to have very strong boundaries. And one of mm -hmm. those boundaries would be, which I just see people doing all the time who are in their forties, they will have like these dates in between their actual dates that are all texts. I'm like, what are you doing having a date with this guy through text for two weeks? Get on the phone and then have them make a date with you. And then you see them on the date. But this constant like, you know, like, what are you doing? And having these whole conversations via text is, is I find very juvenile and I don't recommend it. We used to say, instead of like the old saying, like, get your head out of your ass, we used to say, get your head out of your apps. Yes. Because, like, you can meet someone there, but like, don't do the things there. Like, get off of it. The point is to get off of it. So get off of it and get out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, to be fair, I have like four clients right now in the past year who have met like the love of their quote unquote 
current lives, you know, I mean, these are relationships that are really good that are probably heading towards marriage and on the apps, but they, but what, but the key difference is that they didn't rely solely on the apps. They didn't allow themselves to get burnt out by the apps. Like Mm. so many people are, and Mm. they had really strong boundaries. Mm. That's great advice. I, I'm, I'm the same way though. I'll, like when I tell, when people find out I'm single and then they're like, why? And then we get into the whole situation. I'm out on the apps and blah, 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 blah. Um, there's always like, if there's five people in the conversation, three of them are like, I met my wife on the app. I met my husband on an app, you know, like, so it's like, we're becoming more and more the minority of the people that aren't doing it. And right. It, but the majority of people are feeling very stressed out by the apps. Yes. Well, but then we're also swimming in a smaller pond. Yes. Personally. True. Yeah. Because like we go out and people are on their phones looking to meet other people or they already made, they went on an app and said, meet me here. So like now when you're going to all the places where you usually would meet somebody, wherever that is, then you're, you're in a minority, you know? Yeah. And then if you do approach somebody, it's like, why are you talking to me in person? <laughs> you know? So it's like. So odd. Let me get your Is that really happening where people are saying, why are you talking to me in person? Well, they'll have a small conversation. Then they'll be like, oh, let me get your Instagram. And then you go home and stalk them. And then you mm-hmm. say, okay, well, now I can you know, figure out who you are and, and see if I want to see you again type deal. Well, so, I think very the, research element, the research part is what is now so common because you can look somebody up on any platform and find out more. And I also think there's more catfishing and there's more Dateline stories. And I, I, there's yeah. so many issues. That come. But, well, but the, the flip side of that, the flip side of that is I know someone who, you know, was really just dating people, awful people mm-hmm. by anyone's standard, you know? And I suggested that before she goes on dates, that she d- does background checks, that she tells the person that she's going to do a background check. Cause I don't want her, anyone doing anything shady, just being very upfront. I'd like to do a background check on you. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Cause one person she found had like, and it's so funny. I heard like some I don't know where I heard it. I heard some celebrity saying the exact same thing. I was like, oh my God, it's like my client. Um, But she found someone who had like, I don't know, like close to two dozen parking tickets that were not paid. And she was like, is this a red flag? And I said, absolutely, it's a red flag. Yeah. (laughs) Because that person doesn't, is not responsible. And this is evident of something actually larger. So don't know, you don't date them. This is, I agree with this you. Is, this is, I don't know though. Is your client a celebrity or is she just a regular, like, she's not a celebrity. Just, she's not a celebrity. No. If, if somebody came to me and on, on a second date and said I was going to do a background check, I'd be like, here's your background check. I'm out. I, you know I, I know. Mean? I know. Well, she was only able to do it for a couple, but I, yeah. I still think that there is, she did explain that she was in something that was very, difficult and went to the courts and whatever, and that she really, this has been advised and. Well, shouldn't she like work on, so now we're getting into working on ourselves, No, right? no, no, no. She, of course she's working on herself. Exactly. But we're talking about like, cause, cause here's the thing. One of the things that, that, you know, because with dating apps, there's also the rise of ghosting and catfishing and all these things. And because mm-hmm. when you're meeting someone on a dating app, 
They are a total stranger. And back in the day, where did we meet people? We met people through community. We met people through people. And that doesn't mean that just because you met someone through someone that they're going to be healthy, but at least there was some accountability, people vouching it for it. You're on a dating app, like you have no idea who this person is. And as a woman, then potentially getting together with a man, it's, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, to that's why you don't offer you offer to pick them up on the first date, but you you get also give them the option to meet you there, right? Exactly. I like, would never no. get into a car no. with a straight. Never. Absolutely well, I, not. I, I had a, I had a driver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just not yeah. stranger. Yeah, just yeah. not stranger. Not the stranger. Going I know on the exactly. Just the Uber. Exactly. It's, that's it's your all first very complicated. But you it know, is yeah. I mean, but that's I, your first background check, right yeah. there. First I've never. I, I personally have never been on a date with a stranger, with an uh, with a total stranger ever in my life. It's mm. always been someone that I've known through this or that or that. You know, like I don't know. I just so it's a it's a whole different landscape. So it seems your um, website and your coaching is more geared toward women and empowering them and and helping them work through things. Do you think that women and men face very different struggles? Now we're talking about safety and things like that. Like, do you think that women and men find different struggles in being single and moving into a dating situation and experiencing all of that? So what I will say is that they what they they struggle with more things similarly than differently. There are some key differences, but there more things are the same. They're not. Yeah, it is more geared towards women, though. I happen to have like most of my clients, private clients right now are men, but I, they tend to be the, the younger millennial men. Um, I will say that, you know, everyone is struggling wants love. You know, everybody wants love. Everybody wants to, everyone has the fear that they're not enough in some way. Everyone wants to learn how to communicate better. And I actually have one client right now who's a male and he struggles with more anxiety and anxious attachment than any woman that I've ever met. But I would say that um, one of the things that women struggle with, and I'm not saying that men don't struggle with this, but it is, I see it much more, like disproportionately more in women, is self-esteem. And that's partly societal and cultural and and all the pressures that are on, you know, girls and women. And I think that girls are primed from a very young age in most cultures, including our own, to put their whole lives on hold for, I mean, now you would have to say a partner, but back then it was like for a boy, for a guy, for a man, you know, um, to put their whole life, to not assert themselves in a relationship, to want to be chosen, you know, be the chosen bride. And I think that on an unconscious level, this is what a lot of women are still operating under this belief system. And it's terrible for their self-esteem. So they find themselves in these relationships where they're trying to prove their worth, um, where they are being abused. And again, I'm not saying this doesn't happen to men too. It does, but it's really a lot more in women. And yeah, women do. The thing is, is that, as I'm sure you would agree with me, women typically what they are most attracted to is, let's just say women who date men, what they're most attracted to is someone who they perceive 
as someone who will protect them physically and emotionally, someone who will have their back, someone who, when the shit hits the fan, will be there for them, someone who, when they're in a foxhole, they're going to be the protector. And so safety is important for everyone, but walking this earth as a woman is very different. It's like, you know, if we walk in a, on an empty street, we're going to be very aware of the fact that we are alone on an empty street. The majority of men don't have, they don't think twice about that. We go to mm. our car in an empty parking lot, we're going to be really aware. So safety is, is, is part of, the need for safety is, is a huge part of the female nervous system. Do you think, Jillian, that like, that is, I know I'm relating to that, Jen, I'm sure you are too. Um, do you think that that is why what you're talking about now, why the pendulum has swung to like women really like finding a way to take care of themselves, be independent and all this language in our culture, like boss bitch and like all that, which is great. I'm just saying like, it's now become a very trendy thing. And like, yeah. also within relationships, like getting, which we were just talking about, you were saying it was the first most important step is getting to know yourself. Like while, why that's now the pendulum has swung that way because before as women, um, we, you know, didn't have an identity. It was to just go find a man. And now we're like in charge. We're independent. We're finding ourselves. Do you think that is why the pendulum has swung so swiftly that way? Be yes, I do. And that's a really good question. And, and it's, and it's, and it's a question, it's a delicate, it's a delicate topic because I am a huge proponent of women having financial independence and not, I, if you're a woman and you would like to marry rich, fucking go for it, but have your own money. Be, have your own money too. Don't depend on a man to support your lifestyle because what happens when that man leaves you? Mm -hmm. And so I really think that, that women need to have that. They need to be, and also part of self-esteem is to say, okay, because we're dependent enough on each other when we love someone like the attack, when we're in love with someone, our attachment is so strong that we feel like when that relationship ends, a part of us and big or small feels like it's dying when we're not with that person. Then you add on to the fact that maybe you don't know, you don't have stability, financial stability in your life. You're fucked. And so I see way more women in that position. I've been in that position. And so you have to, I think it's really important. So yes, I do think that's a big part of it. Where the, where the pendulum has swung too much is that, you know, there's no need for a woman to be aggressive or act like, you know, men are inferior or they're unnecessary to her happiness if she dates men or a partner, I should say, is unnecessary for her happiness. Um, that's really silly and that's unnecessary. You can be like, you know, strong, independent, badass, whatever you want and still be vulnerable and still need love and still need a partner to support you. And so I think that's important to acknowledge as well. Absolutely. And so let's say we're looking for that. <laughs> what is the best way to approach that either as a man or a woman? We'll even, you know, go as far as using Rob, given that Rob is our single, okay. single 
gentleman here. What is the best way, knowing he hates apps or hasn't used them, to find love? What approach should he be taking? How do we do that better? How do we find love better? How do we get better at that? Well, should we put Rob on the spot and talk about Rob for a moment? Let me say we we mean Rob. Okay, so Rob. Yeah. Oh, good. It's always good to start with a deep sigh. I know. Have you been looking or you've been like, you know, way too seduced by your by your bachelorism right now? See, look, this I had, we had another person. Oh, only because know. you said that. You said that. I'm going by what you said. Right, but the, way, the way it was just phrased, I had we were I, we were kind of talking with another guest we had, and um, we were talking about different styles of like you know buzzwords in dating, and I said that oh maybe I breadcrumb when I'm drunk, and I just never knew it. And then next time I saw her, she said she thought I was a fuckboy. And I was like, what the? I was just being, I was just being honest with what I'm saying. Like, I just realized what, what I was doing. What did you say that she said that to you? I literally said we were going down like what? Who's uh, me? The, the guest, Dr. Uh, Federick. Oh, we were okay. going oh yes. Oh, I thought this was the actual woman. No, no, no. This was the, the, the guest. No, no. And she was telling us what all the buzzwords mean that, you know, gaslighting and all that stuff. Oh, we're I, see. Going I see. I see. Yeah. So like I, when I, it's, it's almost like when I say I enjoy being single, people automatically put me into a category that I'm fucking around and hooking up all the time, which I'm oh, not. I actually, th- I didn't even go there with my mind. I went more, I actually didn't even go there in my mind. Surprisingly, I think a lot of people would. I went into more, are you just really into, like you said, doing the, the selfish, the selfish part of being single, which is like, you know, I don't have to compromise. I don't have to take care of anyone. Thus I'm getting a job. I, I was, of, yeah. I was like when, I, when people are like, how was COVID for you? Obviously it's a horrible, horrible thing. But like, for me, I liked it because I could do what I wanted and I yeah. didn't have to, I could watch my stupid reality TV and mm-hmm. didn't have to care what anybody else was thinking about doing, mm-hmm. you know? So, but now I guess like the word active has changed, like we were saying, because if I'm not on apps, I'm not being active. If I'm not doing using everything that's uh, available to me to go find somebody, am I being 100% active where I think I am? I'm still going out. I just moved to a new city. Part of it was to meet somebody because L.A. was not working for me. Yeah, that's very active. Moving to a new city. to So you want you want a relationship because we have to start with that. Because you don't start with what you want. No. So, you know, I think I've done, I I tell this to people, but I think I've done everything that I've ever wanted to in my life. If we found out a meteor was coming down and the earth was ending in a week, the only two things I would regret is not being a husband and a father. Mm -hmm. Those would be the only two things that I would be like, fuck, I really wanted to do those two things. So um, do you have a pattern in terms of the kind of women that you are, that you have chemistry with and you like? Yeah. 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 And I, do. I, I tend to be, I tend to be a, a broken bird kind of guy. I yeah. like to help people when they're kind of down and out and, you know, once they get on their wings going, then they fly off yes. type deal. And I tend to you, go young. And, t- and typically young. Typically younger. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And have you discovered through therapy or whatever it is that you do, why you do that? Why you have that pattern? Um, I don't know if I discovered why I go because I just base things off of I don't care about age. I've dated people older than me also. So I'll just go off of who I meet. And if we have that boom connection Mm -hmm. and what I'm learning is that sometimes always that 
fire in the belly isn't necessarily going to lead towards something great. It might be great in the moment, but you know, you got to look down the path a couple more steps. So one reason why men are drawn to broken birds is because there's something on the surface, at least very feminine about the broken bird. She's, Mm. she's vulnerable and she needs you. And that feeling needed is makes you feel very masculine. It makes you feel very significant. It can, makes you feel like you could be the hero of this woman's story. So the mm. fact that you're having chemistry with that makes sense. But usually what happens, and I don't know if this is true for you, is that when you get into these dynamics, you can also become incredibly codependent where you're overly focusing on her and her growth. You're not actually getting your needs met in those relationships. Um, maybe it's consuming you too much. Is that true? 100% true. Yeah. I, 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 they become my number one focus. I have an, uh, anxiety and t- attachment. Yeah. So like, yeah. um, and then I get, you know, jealousy, all that other stuff. So yeah, exactly. So it's everything boils down to the relationship we have with ourselves. And Mm -hmm. so you would have to figure out like the ways in which I think looking at when it comes to, to wanting to break patterns, just in general, we have to look at our lives holistically. So why, you know, what are the other ways, areas of your life where you don't feel that significant? Well, that's the thing too, that I think, cause I have, I am a, a, person in therapy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like I leave every session being like, I'm better. Yeah. But like even this podcast over the last year and a half, I've been because of people like you coming on. Yeah. I've been learning as I go. So I feel like I'm exponentially better for my next relationship than I was in my last. Yes. So when I refer to my last relationships, it's like it feels like an old me. Like I might as well be talking about teenager me. Yeah. Because I feel like I've grown so much, but I haven't been able to put it to use yet. Yes, I understand that. But- but remember, so one thing I have, yeah, one thing I have le- learned though is that I'm look. I've, I've been an actor since I was twelve. I've been told I'm not good enough, and I'm in ninety percent of my days of you know doing that. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. Um, so the insecurity of whether I'm, and especially in a city like L.A. where everybody's looking for something better. Yes, and having my adult, my entire adult life, I was there for twenty four years. That shaped me into being like, am I good enough? Yeah. Maybe I'm not good enough. Right. So you meet these, these younger girls who are broken and you can feel good enough because you're older, you're wiser, you have your shit together in comparison. And Mm. then it's like, but then you can also control them. So the insecure, so it's really what's driving that behavior is insecurity because if you were to meet someone perhaps maybe more age appropriate, someone who is is equal to you in the sense that she doesn't she needs you she, she in other words Eric Fromm is famous for saying that there's a distinct difference between loving someone because you need them and needing someone because you love them and you find yourself in these patterns where these women love you because they need you mm-hmm. and what you want is to be with someone where you both need each other because you love each other. Right. But you have I, to feel say, good enough in yourself to be able to do that. And I, I do say often that I don't know if I've ever lo- been loved the way that I've loved. Yes. Well, of course not because you're, because you, you're, tur- because you're, you're finding projects. So you need a boundary. You, one of your ba- mm-hmm. deal breakers has to be broken bird. Like that's the first boundary. You can't be. Oh, for sure. And she has to be above a certain age. 
Like yeah, these well, are the things that we have to do. And these are the things that I tell people. It's like, if you have a pattern of doing something and it's not serving you, obviously understand the pattern, see where it points to the healing that needs to be done in yourself. But then you have to do some things practically. You can't date that person anymore. It's a wrap. They have yeah. to, you have to have certain standards now. Yeah. And, but at the age thing I get, and like, we just talked about somebody went on a date last week who kind of put me in my place with the age thing because I brought it up. But I'm also in a town where a lot of people got married really young and now they're broken birds at 35. Right. You know, now they're broken. Like now they're why coming are you out telling of your date and I'll, I'll bill you after this. I'm just kidding. But why are you telling your date that you use that you date younger women? I'm not, okay. I'm telling, she was younger. And I said this, I said, oh. I don't, you like the, the fact that you're this age is kind of like a, uh, a stop go for me, a go stop, whatever you call it. You know right. what I mean? Like, and she was like, actually I'm not 27 LA. I'm 27 here. I'm, I got my own job. I have my, make my own money. I make good money. I have my own home. I've been through relationships that I know that there I wasn't getting what I wanted. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Where in LA it was the other way around. Yeah, now it's like the 35 year olds that I'm meeting that are two kids getting out of a relationship where their husband cheated on them. Yeah. And, and I'm like, and they're very emotionally and they're fragile the and then you can come yeah. in and sweep them up. And yeah, you just don't want to, you just don't want to be anyone's rescuer. Yes. So you yeah. want to get someone who's, who's okay on her own, but you might yeah. train yourself to have chemistry with those women. Ooh, wait, yeah. hold on. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot on this show. Rob is very, and I agree, but you are a very big proponent of like, fuck that. If I don't have chemistry with someone, sorry, like that's, I'm, I'm not going to base a whole relationship on it, but that has to be there. Of course. I think a lot of people agree, but what are you saying? Train yourself to have chemistry. What if is If you that? only have chemistry with broken birds, if you only have chemistry with the bad boy, if you only have chemistry with people who are, it's just like not working, Right. There, there, an internal renovation has to happen. You're having chemistry because you feel insignificant with these people because you feel insignificant, or you're having chemistry because Hollywood and literature for decades and decades has presented to your subconscious archetypes the bad mm -hmm. boy archetype, the, the emotionally fragile female archetype, the broken bird archetype. And so our minds have this construct of what is attractive based on these influences. But if it's only bringing you pain, and if you're only going for that, as opposed to going for other things, like someone who can actually really love, who can actually love, need you because they love you. And that is, that's the retraining that needs to happen. It's funny because you say the archetype because I literally, I want to say 2006 or 2005, took an acting class with one of my ex-girlfriends. She was my girlfriend at the time. She was older with a kid. And uh, we took this class and it was an archetype class because part of the thing with acting is learning how you're presented to the world mm -hmm. and then and then going in that way. So like, you know, when Nicolas Cage does like man down and out, everybody wants to go see him. But when he tries to be a superhero, you're like, what are you doing? Dude? <laughs> you know, you're not going to go watch you be Superman. Yeah. Like I, see you, I have to see you drink yourself to death. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. I got to be the down and out guy and I'm trying to find it. Oh, so the archetype archetype that I got, which is, you're going to laugh because this mix, the fits right in there was crusader. Mm, there you go. So you so have I was to the find guy, the damsel in distress. 
And I got to ride in on my white horse and save the day yes. with a sword in my hand. Like that's how I present myself. So let's look at the let's look at the full scope of archetypes because we're never one thing. We actually have many, many archetypes that, that are swimming inside of us. We have different parts to our consciousness. And mm -hmm. sometimes what we have to do is dip our toes. We can be whoever we want. So what would be the archetype that would be someone who didn't need he didn't need to validate his cape through the rescuing of a damsel of distress. Right. Well, something I have to go and work yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But what, what, let's think of, I mean, what are the other archetypes? You know, there's a, cause there's a lot of different archetypes. There's a lot of male and female archetypes where they don't really need that, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes what's really helpful, speaking of film and television and acting, is to look at certain films where you're seeing a relationship play out that looks really like it looks good. It works. It's not the damsel in distress. It's like it's something else. And you can say, you know what? I want more of this. I want more of this dynamic. I mean, we are constantly being influenced. So just mm -hmm. one way to think about it. You can choose the kind of influence that makes sense for you or seems more realistic because a lot or of healthier. the Hollywood, Yeah, a lot of the Hollywood influence is so like even the bachelor and stuff, it's just so grandiose and unrealistic. Oh, yeah. so, oh, not so. digestible. Yeah. But yeah, train yourself to also like pick out the digestible information, the yes. information that's gonna work for you. And the only way to do that clearly, and you keep saying this, Jillian, and it makes sense, is to get real with yourself, like know yourself first. Cause you can't go anywhere if that's not your like bound your. Absolutely. And you have to know your psychology, but also you have to associate enough pain with not changing. So like a lot of people will really change who they're attracted to and change their relationship with themselves when they've had so many bad experiences mm -hmm. with a particular type that they start to now look at that type and be like, oh, I don't want that anymore. Well, it takes it takes practice to make a pattern, right? So like sure. you you need repetition. You, you need a, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you, you need to go through more than once. You gotta have four bananas to realize you, oh wait, I hate bananas. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. But like, you know, a great exactly, exactly. A great example of this that I always like to use is, um, I mean, since we're on the topic of film and stuff, have you ever seen the movie 500 Days of Summer? Love it. Okay. So what most people see that movie and they don't see is a really clear archetypical relationship at play. Because everyone's like, oh, she's avoidant. She's fucked up. No, her character is, which I think is like the manic pixie girl archetype. So her character, she's not she's not a fully formed character. We're only seeing her through the eyes of him. And he's depressed. He's not living his purpose. He's insecure. I mean, he's like, he's he's the opposite of what most women want in a man, to be perfectly mm -hmm. honest. He's got no sense of self. I mean, he's a he's a good human, but he's like, he needs to do a lot of work on himself. So of course he's going to project an ideal of this girl who seems like the perfect girl. He'll put her on a pedestal and mm. she is actually, he's looking to her to rescue him. And then I think what happens is that, or what's implied somewhat 
towards the end of the film is that he's kind of grown from that experience. Then he's going to go back into architecture, right? He's going and he meets, and it's from that place where he's more found himself and he's not just, you know, at a job that he hates, but he's pursuing his passion that he would actually start to be attracted to and choose better women. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's, that's a crazy. perfect example of, 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 yeah. of, of yeah. what, of archetypes and how it plays and how, when we change our relationship with ourselves, who we start to have chemistry with changes. Yeah. So would you say then to get there, you actually have to date and put that into practice and use that, those mirrors essentially to guide you to finding, because if you're hanging out by yourself, how do you grow? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You learn from that, right? I think you everyone's different. I think some people need a timeout because mm-hmm. they just need a timeout to be by themselves. They need a timeout to work on themselves. They need a timeout to get sober from whatever it is that's had a hold mm-hmm. on them. And some people really, some people I say, get back out there. So it's so dependent on the person. Okay. So if you are, out there and you're doing all of these things and you've worked on yourself and then you find yourself in a relationship, that's not like, that's not the end. That's not the precipice, right? Like the problems still occur. <laughs> they keep going even in the relationship. The work just begins once you're in a relationship. It's so just different. Now, yeah. Totally. And you have to keep on working on yourself and communication and all those things and partnership. But Let's say, because we've all been there, you find yourself in a dead-end relationship. This is, I'm sure, a very common thing that people come to you with, Jillian. We can all relate. Like, How do you, A, identify this is a dead-end relationship, and B, how do you get the fuck out of those, and why is that so freaking hard? That's a big question. Um, Okay, so a couple of things. I, and I just, my, my podcast episode that came out today actually outlines this a little bit. My advice for people who are in long-term partnerships, where there's a lot of skin in the game, where maybe there's children, there's history. My advice for people like that versus people who are within the first year of a relationship, first month to a year of relationship, this can be very different. So if you're with someone and it's, and you're like, it's, it's less than 12 months and you're having all these problems and it's a dead end relationship because you know, you decide you, you notice our values are not aligned. We're really not that compatible. They don't communicate that, you know, all these things that are like big problems. I say, get out. Yeah. You don't have a lot of skin in the game. It's so hard because you're attached. You're it's so hard because you like the way this person smells. It's so hard because maybe you have good sex. It's so hard because maybe you have fun together. But okay. then there's all these other things and you have to be brave and really choose yourself in those moments and get out. You know, if it's a longer term relationship, I always it's you can't say this is a dead end relationship unless obviously there's things that are just so it's you're, you've just grown apart. Right. I mean, you've just you've both evolved. One person's gone this way. The other person's gone that way. Or there's abuse or violence of any kind. But, you know, before that, if that's not the case, then you just really have to figure out, like, have you really been communicating? Mm. Like, do you actually know the let me put it to you this way. The amount of couples that I've worked with where I ask one of them, do you even know what they need? They're like, um, I'm like you, you mean to tell me you've been in a relationship with this person for how many years and you don't even know what the fuck they need? 
That's yeah. your problem. Yeah. That's the problem. And well, it's both their problems, right? Because course. the other one's obviously not communicating what they need. I, when I say that's your problem, I mean them as a unit. Oh, the whole, yeah, the whole, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. And you and you have to know, like, if you're in a relationship with someone, you both need to know for what makes the other feel loved, what makes them feel important, what makes them feel excited, like there's like some adventure, what makes them feel excited in the bedroom, what makes them feel excited in life, what makes them feel um, safe and secure in the relationship, what makes them feel like you're growing together in a relationship. Like you have to know this and have these conversations often. I mean, I say, go up to your spouse or your partner and just say, you know, what do you need from me this week? Or what do you need from me this week? Just in general, like, let's just say, you know, are you operating at 80% or are you operating at 20%? Are you exhausted? Like, how can I pick up the slack? Right. So that's right. that conversation. Then there's the conversation of like, Hey, I haven't checked in in a while. Like, are you feeling loved by me? Like, is there something that you need from me that you're not getting? Like, these are really, th this is important. Do that. And why, do you you don't ask? Uh, why do you think people don't ask each other that? And continue to be in a relationship. Because I think that people just, we weren't taught this in school. You know, we weren't taught this in school. I think people are trying to avoid hearing things that might be disappointing. I think people are so protective of their egos and they don't want to feel ashamed. So they'd rather not ask that. I think that people get very um, obsessed with their own needs and feeling like their needs are not being met mm -hmm. and they lose sight of the fact that there's also someone else here. We're just not taught this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, and it yeah. plays into that keeping score thing when you're worried about your needs. Right. Totally. Like, what are you not doing for me? I always yes. do these things for you. And then you're like totally. not on a team anymore. It's very easy for that to happen. Because very easy. You can, yeah. You yeah. can just, I mean, if you're listening to this and you, and you, and you know, you listen to Jillian's podcast and all her work and everything, you can know now that like, if you do start to feel that pull and you do still start to feel that silence or that you're not like something's off, then it's that that's the time to ask. Yeah, that's the time to jump in and go, what, what do you need for me? Are you getting your needs met? Um, or if you feel that the other way and go like, Hey, can we talk? I'm not getting my needs met. Yeah. Right? Or, or just to bring it into practice. Like just even when you're not feeling that definitely say it when you're feeling it right, Julian, but just check in before. Try to I think you should check in before there's, yeah, I think yeah. it should, I think it should be routine for couples. Yeah. I think it's really great also to have like a meeting once a week. That's yes. sort of like an executive meeting where you sit down and you go over the the more the non-passionate part of a relationship, the business of relationship. Like, you know, are we, you know, are we getting our plans in order? Are the kids okay? Money, all that stuff, and just get that out of the way. And then you can talk about like, I don't know, like planning more quality time together. So I think, you know, every every week couples just sit down and just make sure that that's happening. A week and let's say, let's say it doesn't, or the check-in happens and you're just not on the same page anymore and it's time to eject from this relationship. Yeah. You also coach on heartbreak and you have your podcast and you post amazing uh, videos on Instagram. Can you let everybody know where they can find you, work with you, listen to you, all of the things sure. so that they don't um, leave this conversation and have nowhere to go? Yeah. So, um, like lots of free stuff on my Instagram at Jillian Tarecki. I've also got some extra videos on TikTok. Same thing, my name. Um, I have my podcast, Jillian on Love, that also has its own Instagram. 
And then honestly, my website, I have, a, I have my membership, The Conscious Woman, and that's for women of all stages of relationship, all stages of life, trying to be the best that they can be. I have all workshops and courses all on my website, JillianTarecki.com. So if you can just know the spelling of my name, you will find me. <laughs> Spell it. Spell it for everybody. J-I-L-L-I-A-N, and then the last name, T-U-R-E-C-K-I. There you go. I got to do that too sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We all do actually on this podcast. Exactly. Well, everyone keep tuning in to It's Complicated where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share the show with a friend. And if you want to join the class of master daters, which we know you do, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show where you can hear sound bites of what we're talking about, great memes. You can access this show when it airs, um, this special one with Jillian. And you can also get some great merch. And where can everyone find you guys? You find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. And you can find me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meets. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meets. We'll be back. Thank you so much, Jillian. We really appreciate Thank having you. you. Everyone. I appreciate it as well. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady... Come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.